When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the voice of the Wildcats, the great Brian Jeffries. Hello, Brian. Mike, how are you doing? I like myth the best. That's No, uh, I like legend more. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, Brian, first, you were in Colorado uh, recently. This is correct. This is correct. Did some fishing. Oh, Top wait. One about this big. I was going to say, is Brian Jeffries a fisherman? Uh, well, I don't catch much, but I just enjoy sitting by the side of the lake with the uh, the hook in the water, and whatever happens, happens. Wait, you are a connoisseur of seafood, though. Does this count as seafood? Uh, well, if I could have eaten it, yes, but it was too small to even eat. So, it, it like I said, it didn't count, but uh, it was fun catching it. All right, Brian. Well, we're happy to have you back, and um, a lot's gone on this offseason, so... Uh, Figured I'd get your take first on Arizona now in the Big 12 right now. What are, uh, as a man who's obviously been uh, covering the Air, uh, Wildcats since the late 80s and wa- uh, Washington State connections before then, what do you think about it all? Well, yeah, Mike. I mean, I grew up in the Pac-8. I was a little kid when my dad took me to my first college football game. And uh, so I've been around this conference since I can remember. And I was a shock to the system, certainly, uh, because there's some great history over 100 years of Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12 sports, and you hate to see it go. It, uh, I mean, it's a historic occurrence, uh, sad, uh, but at the same time, you know, it seems to be the way of the world right now. I mean, conference realignment is happening uh, coast to coast, and uh, I was just, uh, I was excited after it kind of all settled down, the fact uh, that, you know, Arizona took care of Arizona. And I think that was the most important thing that no offense against the other schools in the conference, but I think it was most important that Bobby Robbins and Dave Hickey look out for number one. And they did that. And so you get into a premier conference like the big 12, and now you look at the excitement of something new and uh, certainly a different conference, different uh, opponents, uh, different rivals. I mean, you look at some of the teams Arizona is going to play in the future, and no matter what sport it is, I think there's some outstanding matchups coming up. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think, again, the the way we have to look at it is Arizona's in a good place, and uh, it's excited to see what the future has to hold. Brian, I think you hit the nail on the head. We're fortunate enough to have Bobby Robbins and Dave Hickey in this spot right here because, like you said, I mean, with so many moving parts, everybody kind of confused – they looked out for number one, which, quite frankly, is their job right there. But, you know, it's also something that um, I think people can take for granted. This is really sound leadership we have here. And it always felt like they had a pulse on what they needed to do. And I think it really the work probably started well in advance. And, you know, depending on who you talk to and all the different stories that have been out there, it doesn't matter now. Uh, the fact was that uh, Bobby and Dave 
you know, we're working on this in advance. Uh, they were looking for a landing spot if things didn't work out. And I think that's, you know, another important factor is that you know, most everybody wanted the Pac-12 to survive. Right. And even with the loss of the L.A. schools, I think everyone wanted the, the conference to survive. But when Colorado opted out after seeing that, you know, the revenue just wasn't going to be what they had hoped for, uh, that kind of set the stage then where uh, what what's everyone else going to do at that point? You've got nine schools left and they could have easily stayed with nine. They could have expanded from there. Uh, but, you know, everybody's looking out for themselves and. Uh, I understand. I mean, the the revenue numbers that were projected for the nine remaining schools just didn't equal what they needed. And nowadays, it's it really is about money. You got to have it to survive. And going forward, I think Arizona and the other schools and Oregon and Washington in particular, because they were the next to go, they said, hey, look, we've got to go where we know what we're going to have in the bank here on a yearly basis. And Arizona followed after that. And ASU and Utah you know, continued and and now you see where the landscape and it's not over yet, Mike, as you know, I mean, there's right. still four schools left in the conference. Who knows what's going to happen with them? Yeah. And like like you said, too, like with the landscape, you've got to find a you got to find a landing spot right here. And the Big 12 gave that to you. I also thought the Big 12 handled this pretty well from just kind of that aspect that, well, let's see. We'll see how things play out right there. And then once Colorado left, it's a nice little landing spot for Arizona because you get a deal where you're on, uh, obviously, on TV. You should be listening to Brian Jeffries, by the way, on 1290, uh, along with Ryan Hansen and Reggie Geary. But you know, it's a nice landing spot right there. And it's a, arguably the best basketball conference in the country right there, which I think Arizona fans got to be excited about. And I would even venture a guess the great Brian Jeffries might be a little excited about. Well, you know, having uh, been to Allen Fieldhouse once before and seen that atmosphere there, and it's not just Kansas. I mean, you know, Baylor's been an outstanding program, and you could go on from there. I mean, I, yeah, there's going to be some great matchups in all sports, like I said. I mean, football and basketball in particular. So uh, looking forward to it. And, you know, credit the Big 12. They got aggressive. I think when things started to, sh uh, to change and they lost Texas and Oklahoma, Instead of sitting back and waiting, they went out and, you know, courted new schools and uh, wanted to continue to expand. And so Colorado and then the three other schools joined. Now you've got four out of the, the Pac-12 that have gone in there. It, I think it uh, it is certainly good for the four schools that, that left the Pac-12 because now, you know, that rivalry will continue. And just credit the Big 12. They were prepared for this. They went aggressively after it. The, the Pac-12 did not. And right. uh, you can go back years to understand why that happened and what could have been done maybe to prevent it. But it happened. And here we are. All right, Brian. So let's now talk a little bit of U of A football, because that's right around the corner. Oh, by the way, have you thought about the baseball trips for yourself in the Big 12? Well, there's some great baseball. I mean, again, you're you're talking Texas Tech and we've been down there for a regional before uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, these, you know, Baylor's had some good programs over the years. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just another, you know, exciting part of the future to, to see how things match up. All right. Let's talk a little jet fish. Now I'll be honest. Like I said, I had no clue what to make of it when jet fish was hired, but Brian, there are some people that are men of their words. Jed fish is a man of his word. Everything that he said he was going to do, nobody will outwork us. We might not get every recruit, but we are going to work hard. He's obviously got a really nice uh, a, a kid from right down the street. That's really good. Then on top of that, 
you look at this roster right now, and there's NFL players on this roster. There's guys that are projected NFL players on both sides of the ball. And that's something that, you know, in the Dick Tomey, Mike Stoops era, we saw a lot of, but we haven't seen a lot of that lately. Well, they've done an incredible job rebuilding the roster really in a pretty short period of time because you go from year one and, yeah, they made some great progress last year, most of it on the offensive end and concentrated on the defense this year. And they've uh, loaded some uh, transfers and some freshmen and obviously the improvement of you hope of the guys that were holdovers from a year ago. And uh, I think the defense is going to make some great strides this season. Uh, we know what the offense has. Their, their weapons are back for the most part. The offensive line is solid. And so uh, I think the, the program's on the rise. There's no doubt about that, Mike. You know, you go from one win to five wins. And, and now I think a lot of people are, are thinking bowl game this year. And there's no reason not to think that. I think that's certainly one of the goals. I mean, they want to win every game. But if they can get to at least six and get to a bowl game, again, it's a, a great step up for the program. And we'll see how the season unfolds. But there's optimism going into every season, but I think there's a lot more. Maybe you might go back a decade to see uh, the optimism, at least I have, uh, for this particular team because of the talent they've added. How good is it to have Dwayne Aquina back in the fold? Well, I mean, his experience is tremendous, and you look at the guys that he's tutored over the years at whatever school he's been at, and uh, certainly, I mean, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He's so excited to be back in Tucson. This was a place that – uh, he and his family love very much and uh, to come back and, you know, with Ricky Hundley stepping away, at least for this season from uh, on field coaching, it opened the door for Dwayne to be out there. And uh, he's just a great mentor for all these young guys because, again, of his experience. And so I think it'll pay off because, you know, when you looked at that defense before camp started, Mike, I thought the defensive line looked good with the additions they had. I thought the linebackers looked good with the additions they had. My big question was the secondary because the losses right. they had off of last year's team and, and the young guys that were coming back and who else was going to step up. And so having Dwayne in that position to help uh, teach these young guys, uh, I think it's a tremendous addition. And, and it's another reason to be excited about what this defense can do. Brian, when was the last time you went to Circle K? Uh, what's today? Uh, today is Wednesday. Uh, Be honest, Monday. Brian Jeffries. Monday. Monday. All right. Monday. Now, listen, there's many reasons to go to Circle K, but you might see the voice of the Wildcats there. That's just a nice little side part right there. But, Brian, you know what else they got going for them there? Polar Pops. Have you had a Polar Pop before? I, I have, yes. All right, here's the deal. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff, though. Text PHNX to 31310 to get their uh, SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free Polar Pop. Brian, it doesn't get any better than that. I Buy one, get one free. So yes. I, now, do I get both of those or do I have to share? You get both of them, Brian. You've right. got a phone. I've got your phone number. I can. We can uh, maybe sometime at practice, I'll say, Brian, you know what you deserve? Two Polar Pops and I'll order them for you. All right, I'll take it. All right. Now, on the uh, Jed Fish, the other thing that I really it's a, uh, that I really like about watching Jed Fish is it looks like he wants to be here, Brian. And I, I you know, I think people say, well, you know, big deal. They want to be here at a school like Arizona. I believe that you need coaches that want to be here. They don't have one foot out the door that are invested because you can win here, but you've got to do it the right way. And he feels like he's doing it the right way. And I think that's something that is just maybe I've taken for granted over the years. 
Well, Mike, here's the way I look at it. You know, Jed Fish has been coaching for 20 years. Right. Uh, but this is his first head coaching job. And to work as hard as he has for 20 years to get to a position where he is a head coach, I just don't think that, uh, yeah, he's not going to walk away from this anytime soon because th- th- he has his career invested in this right now. This is his opportunity that he's waited two decades for. And uh, he believes that he can win at Arizona. And he's shown that already from year one to year two. And now if, if year three pans out, it'll just be another indication of, you know, how hard he's worked and the staff has worked to get the program headed in the right direction. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen down the road. And I know what, and I hear this all the time. Well, as soon as he gets us to a bowl game or whatever, then. Wait a second. How do they sound? I like that Brian imitation. How do they sound again? (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, that's going to happen. Any coach that gets successful, uh, you're going to get calls. And, but I just think Jed's here to see this through. I, I really do. And that doesn't mean he's going to be here for 15 years. It just means that uh, he wants to prove to himself and to this community that he came here for a purpose, and that is to put the program back on the map. And they're headed in that direction. And so for those reasons, I just believe that he's going to be here for a while. And it's funny, Dave, uh, I asked Dave Hickey about that a while back, and he said, listen, that's a good thing. And, you know, it's up to us to be able to keep these coaches around here. He said, if you uh, if you got a coach that other people want, that means that he's doing good things right there. And, you know, that comes with the territory. And I think that's what's uh, I think that's what's exciting about the whole thing. I was sitting at the uh, last or the scrimmage before last sitting with your partner in crime, Lamont Lovett, during the game, talking his ear off. And uh, Lamont made a point, too. He says, all I want from the defense this year is I want to see some organized aggression out there fly to the football, you know, make some plays. Nobody's expecting you to be the desert swarm reincarnate, but just be, you know, just be out there and be noticeable. And I think that's a reasonable expectation because the talent is better. It is better uh, with a lot of new faces. Again, for those new guys, it's learning a new system. Uh, In particular, those who've come over from uh, programs like Michigan and Georgia and Indiana, et cetera. Uh, so there's going to be a period of adjustment there. There's only so much that you can do uh, against one another in camp. Uh, the real proof comes when you get into the regular season. Uh, but I, I just think this defense needs to be good. It doesn't have to be great. It just needs to be good. And uh, with the offense Arizona has, special teams Arizona has, uh, if the defense makes the step up that we think it's going to, you know, this is going to be a tough football team to beat. And uh, anybody that plays Arizona is going to know that and uh, know it through all four quarters. So, uh, like I said, you know, no, they're not going to be Desert Swarm yet, uh, but they're on their way. And and that's the important thing is that they – and let's go back. We talked about this before, Mike, that, you know, a year ago, Jed Fush put a lot into the offense. And that showed. And he readily admitted, okay, now this offseason, we're going to put that same effort into the defense because we know what we've got coming back offensively. And they've done exactly that. They've given Johnny Nansen now the tools that he needed, the depth that he needed to operate his system at a high level. And so, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to know a lot in game one, but we're certainly going to know a lot in game two about the direction the team's headed. 
Well, and the ability for this t- staff to be able to evaluate, I think, is something that kind of flies under the radar here. Let's think, just look at the offensive line for a second. Everybody knows how good Jonas Savanea is. He's obviously a monster. They moved him to tackle. You bring in, uh, excuse me, you bring in Raymond Polito, uh, freshman. He's going to be starting a guard. Wendell Moe was committed to Morgan State before that. I mean, you look at the tight end position with Tanner McLaughlin. He was at uh, uh, Southern Ute or Southern Utah. They have an ability, Brian, to be able to find under-the-radar players here. I mean, even on defense last year, I didn't know what to expect out of Hunter Eccles, and he turned out to have six or seven sacks, even though he didn't play much at SC. They have an ability to find guys right there. Jacob Manu says hello, by the way. Yeah, Jacob Manu is a great example where some people say he's undersized, but that doesn't tell you about his heart. Right. And, uh, you know, you go back to the Dick Tomey era. How did Dick Tomey build this program? He did it with with guys that you know didn't hit the five star rating, but he found guys that had a love to play football, and I think that's a really important thing. So yes, you evaluate talent. The other thing that Jed Fish looks for is guys that come out of winning programs. Mm-hmm. Makes that very clear that he wants winners because if you play in a winning program before you get to Arizona, you have that mentality because Arizona wants to be winners. Right, and so I think surrounding yourself with with guys that love the, the game of football and are coming from a winning background that usually equates success. All right, Brian, I got to tell you about BetMGM real quickly here. Now, I think the people here in Tucson have been listening to us here because we said take the over of five wins. The line has gone up, Brian. I don't want to sit here and say that it's just the PHNX Wildcats fans that have done it, but I'm also not going to dissuade myself from that opinion right there, Brian. So here's the deal. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and you receive 1000 back in bonus bets. Check out the show notes for details. Brian, I'm telling you, we had a big part in this. Let's hear the disclaimer, and then we'll uh, we'll pat ourselves on the back. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. All right, Brian. We're going to pat ourselves on the Next time, Mike, I want you to read that live. I will. You know what? That's cheating, though, what they do, because he said it and they speed it up. I already talk fast and probably wouldn't make sense anyways. So I'll try to do it just for you, though, Brian. Next time, I promise I'll do this. Um, By the way, um, I got a Del Taco cheeseburger the other day. I'm going to bring one up to the booth for you this. uh, Maybe not the first game, but the third game. You're going to have a Del Taco cheeseburger during the game. Would you? What do you think? You keep bragging about those and uh, give you an idea. And, yeah, Jake, I'm always game. I mean, I, I never turn, a, turn down a burger. Jake Fisher said to me, uh, he's like, you know, I'm pretty skeptical of a place called Del Taco that sells cheeseburgers. And then he tweeted it out and he said, oh, my gosh, this thing is amazing. Brian, I have very few skills, but I can find good cheeseburgers. I will bring you one. Okay. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit of U of A hoops right here. Um First of all, just watching, being able to obviously cover Tommy Lloyd, you know, and seeing him game in and game. What's it like just kind of being around? Because just kind of from an outsider perspective, he just looks like a cool dude. I mean, it's a lack. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, uh, he grew up in a small town in, in western Washington. Uh, 
you know, he went to school in a small town in eastern Washington. Uh, he coached for 20 years in a relatively small town in in eastern Washington. Right. Uh, Tucson's the biggest place he's ever lived. But I think when you when you spend most of your life in a, a smaller town like that, you have that, you know, kind of that way about you. And, and so he hasn't changed at all when he moved to Tucson. Uh, just had to fight traffic a little more probably than Spokane. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's... You know, I and I don't mean this in a, a negative way, but he's just a simple guy, and right. he's incredibly smart when it comes to the game of basketball, and so that's the way he goes about things. But I tell you what, you watch him in practice, and he gets his point across. He does not miss anything, right? That way, and so he works the guys hard, uh, rewards them. Uh, they like playing for him. I've said this since he arrived. They love the system that he plays in, and that's why he continues to attract great talent, is that uh, the system works. And, uh, you know, the legacy Arizona has is a program, certainly a big factor. And I think people know when they talk to Tommy, it doesn't take long to realize that, yeah, I'd like to play for this guy. And, and they do. And You've seen the success through two seasons. What I like about him, too, is kind of the evolution. I mean, he talked this offseason. He said, you know, we need to add a little bit of toughness, and we like getting players from really good programs, kind of like Jed Fish. And you look at it, you bring in a Keyshawn Johnson, a starter at San Diego State, who looked absolutely fantastic in their uh, overseas trip. You bring in a Caleb Love, a starter at North Carolina. Excuse me. And then you bring in a Jaden Bradley, who you almost got from Al uh, Alabama, who you almost got out of high school as well. He's always kind of tinkering with things. And I think that's kind of the hallmark of a good coach right there. Not just, you know, square peg, round hole, everything saying, you know, I got to adjust a few things here and there. And I'm excited for this team, Brian, because I think they're going to be really deep and I think they're going to be tough. And I think both those two are when you got a coach like Tommy Lloyd, I think those go hand in hand. Yeah, I think the toughness showed up uh, certainly on their their tour that they just got off of in those three games. And, you know, they played against teams that, uh, you know, two of them that they dominated. But at the same time, that outside competition, I think, really is a boost. So this is the way of the world right now in college sports, Mike, and maybe more so in college basketball than anything else. And it's called a transfer portal. And you're just going to see this year in and year out as long as the rules are the the way they sit right now that you have a chance to go out and rebuild your roster on a yearly basis. And, you know, when he lost guys off of last year's team, we've talked about this before, uh, after that Princeton game, uh, and then you saw the guys that left, and, and there was what was what was left at that point. Right. Uh, you know, Ballo, Larson, Boswell. Larson, Boswell. Lewis. Right. That was kind of it. And uh, people said, well, you know, can he, how can he get this back again? Well, you see what he's done. And he's mm -hmm. gone out and hit the transfer portal, brought in again some couple of European guys that look very schooled uh, and very tough and big. Uh, and then, you know, the guy that excited me the most, these three games, Philip Borovicinen. Philly B, a Philly B sighting. Here's a guy that rarely got off the bench last year. And a lot of people are just looked at as, uh, okay, he's just going to, you know, be the, the bench guy because you got to fill out that roster. You need your 13 men on right. scholarships, et cetera. And then to see what he, well, first of all, when he went home over the summer, you kind of saw a, a different guy, but right. I never saw any video of those games. I just saw the statistics and I said, okay, well, what's the competition like? 
But then you get to watch him when when they played the, these three exhibition games, and it was like, well, where's this been? Or, you know, where's this come from? Well, again, the coach has done a great job with him, and all of a sudden now you've got another guy that could be a factor. Did I have I told you my Philly B story, Brian? I think I might have. Uh, the chicken wing story, or no chicken wings? No, 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 no. Okay. Asking me questions after I asked him questions. Did I tell you about okay. this? All right. Well, he loves chicken wings. If you ever, if you ever want to know where his rating of chicken wings in Tucson, ask him because he'll give you the the, the I, full look of you know the best. Number two, number three, etc. I will do that. Um, so we were media day last uh, last year, and I was just asking him some basic questions, you know, like what do you think are the skill or your strengths to your game, this and that. And after every first question, I said uh, that, and he goes, "And what would you say about yourself?" And I was like, "Wow!" I said, "Well, I'm very limited. I'm short, but I'm a good shooter." And then I asked him after that. I said, "So what are your hobbies?" And he told me something, and then he said. And tell me about yourself. Brian, it was the coolest thing ever. He became my favorite player on the team immediately because he showed interest in me, even if he had no interest in me. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, he's in a new country. He wants to learn everything. You know, that's what's great is, you know, they're like a sponge. Uh, They want to learn everything about the new country. I remember Azula Stabellis got here as a freshman. It was kind of the same thing. He just wanted to soak it all up and uh, was always inquisitive about this, that, and the other thing because it's all new to them. And so, yeah, great guy. You know, you love you love the character that Tommy has brought onto the roster. Well, and that's a big thing about it, too, is that all these guys are very rootable. Obviously, Tommy Lloyd is as well. And the cool thing about Tommy Lloyd is he doesn't take himself too seriously. Like, you watch him, and he has fun with himself. He can also poke fun a little bit of reporters, but it's always in good nature. I asked him what he thought about the nickname, the Tommy Gun, and he looks at me and he goes... Now, and so Brian, don't call him that on the show. Not that you were going to, by the no. way, you know where you could probably find a lot of the cool kids though, on this team, Brian. Oh, let me guess. You know, that answer, Mike illegal Pete's ah. on university, Brian. Here's it is. Illegal Pete's is the go-to spot this summer. Stop for happy hour, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. every day at all 12 locations. Illegal Pete's the go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer for 28 years, Brian. Illegal Pete's taking over everything right there. Also, Brian, you're a good golfer, correct? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a set of golf clubs, Mike. All right. Is the great Brody Dryden a better golfer than you, though? Oh, much, much better. Much. All right. Well, let's just assume that Brian and I aren't good. The things that Brian and I need to look good, though, Pins and Aces has. How about that for a, a segue right there? The official golf apparel of PHNX. Check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. All right, Brian, what are you looking for in this last year in the Pac-12? It's obviously going to be fascinating because UCLA, USC are moving on, Oregon, Washington, Arizona is going to the Big 12. What are just kind of your overall thoughts on the swan song of the Pac-12? Well, that's probably going to be the the story of the seasons for all the schools. And that is there's going to be some great memories, especially when we go on the road. And so, you know, going to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, probably for the last time Mm -hmm. Uh, going to Pullman. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever go back there again. 
uh, things like that. I think are, you know when you when you play these teams even at home and you know playing Washington in football maybe for the last time. Uh, not playing Oregon this year. Who knows if we'll ever see Oregon again? Right. Uh, that's you know going to Stanford. Will that be the last trip ever to to Stanford? Uh, just you know you think you know, I, I, for me it's going to be as we play these teams the memories of the rivalries and the games we've had in the past and and the thought other than Colorado Utah ESU that uh, who knows if we'll we'll ever see them again. Uh, unless it's in postseason or what have you. And I don't know if, you know, non-conference, if any scheduling will ever take place. I know Tommy Lloyd and Mick Cronin have at least talked about, you know, continuing that rivalry in some form down the road. Uh, we'll see if it works out. Uh, but uh, other than that, I don't know. And, and that's that's kind of, again, you go back to the sad part of the conference ending is that you have so many great memories of uh, everywhere that we go. And, uh, you know, if, you know, if Arizona has won games or lost games or they've been close games, there's just there's always something about every team you played that will stand out. And to see that come to an end for the most part uh, is going to be tough. But uh, it'll be, I think, interesting is especially, again, when we go on the road and we talk to the folks at those schools and we kind of reminisce and say goodbye, who knows, for the last time. Brian, do you have a favorite place that you like broadcasting from in the Pac or the Pac-12? Come on, you got to have a you got to have a favorite place. Oh, uh, which sport are you talking about? Basketball. Actually, that's a great question. Let's go basketball, then we'll work our way backwards. Uh, favorite place? I I don't know if I have a favorite place. I mean, I love going any place where the fans are are there to support their team and to. Can I take a guess? Okay. Can I take back in the day Maples? Uh, back in the day Maples, uh, not my favorite place to broadcast from. When, when no, not at all. Okay. Well, I'll uh, vote for one. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, yeah. When it was when it was jammed, and you know, Lou Olson, Mike Montgomery, and you know, seven thousand people there, and Sean Elliott, Todd Lichty. I mean, you name it. Uh, but you're asking me favorite places to broadcast from. Definitely not. Poly Pavilion, probably my favorite just because of the great rivalry that's always taken place there. Right. Uh, you know, there's been some games in Washington where, again, when you get the when Washington had good teams and heck Ed was full. Uh, great. You know, Mac Court at, at in Eugene, the old Mac Court, mm -hmm. uh, that just a classic. I love that the gym because that's what it was difficult to broadcast out of but again the atmosphere made it uh, outstanding so that those are probably my favorite places all right you you forgot gill coliseum brian well again the the problem there is that you just don't usually have very big crowds right right and it you know the, that atmosphere and i'll be honest with you mike okay long as this conference is is ending and I was—I've been doing some radio stuff with a lot of Big 12 schools here lately. And I said the thing I'm looking forward to is, is the fact that when we go to Baylor, when we go to Texas Tech, when we go to Oklahoma State, we go to Kansas, Kansas State. Guess what, Mike? Those arenas are going to be, if not sold out, they're going to be full. Right. And you go around the Pac-12, and you go to Washington State, you got 3,000 people. You go to Oregon State, you've got 3,000. You go to USC. 
And, you know, they average 3,000. They might get five when Arizona's there. Uh, Stanford, same thing. Cal, uh, it's just, it's sad, the lack of support you see at some of these other schools around the league. And so I, I'm just being honest with you. Um, sorry, I'm not trying to offend fans of those teams, but that's the truth. And getting into the Big 12 and going into those arenas where it's it's going to be full every time Arizona arrives, that I'm really looking forward to. What do you think? That's a great point. What do you think happened? Because when when I was growing up in the mid 90s, Pauley Pavilion would always be packed. You know, when you had Jim Herrick, you obviously had Maples. Heck, Ed was wild as well, like you mentioned. What what happened there? Because it seems like over time there's just been a lack of fan passion that I thought at least appeared to be there in the 90s. Well, it probably comes down to each individual program and their lack of success. I mean, if they're losing, uh, you know, people that don't turn out. That's that's the bottom line. Uh, some of the markets, you know, Pullman, Corvallis, etc. Uh, you uh, you know you just don't have as many people to draw from. I mean, you've got to have something really special. And at one point, you know, Oregon State. I think when Ralph Miller was there, they probably filled that place mm-hmm. because they were very successful. Gary Payton, you know, Final Four, etc. Uh, but uh, I I would just you know because the you know Harmon Jim Haas Pavilion at Cal. Well, we've been there when that place has been full. But when the right. program started to slide the other way, the fans don't show up. Same thing at Stanford. Okay, we talked about that earlier. When you know, when Mike Montgomery and Lou Olson had it going, there were seven thousand people there. But when the program starts sliding the other way, people stay away. The USC thing I've never figured out. You've got a major market. Right. You've had a fairly successful program over the years. They built that Galen Center, which is very nice, mm. uh, but they don't draw people. You know, if I ask people there, they say, well, we're a football school. Right? That, that's always their excuse. Right. Or we don't want to battle the traffic to go down there on a Thursday night or whatever, what have you. Uh, I, I can't answer that one. You know, Colorado draws well. If Arizona shows up, uh, Utah, under Rick Majerus, that was a great program, but they've never been able to get to that level again and the fans haven't come back at least to that point so you know you look up and down i think most of it has to do with wins and losses if the fans aren't going to show for kevin o'neill basketball at usc they're just not going to show there brian we can we can be honest here you were honest there i'm going to show right (laughs) (laughs) what about uh what about uh what about football for you favorite place to broadcast from yeah uh well again now i'll be selfish and that to me that just comes down to space Mm-hmm. Uh, and the booth that you're in, and everyone's upgraded now. Right. You know, Washington, Washington State, uh, USC. But we may never see the new press box at Oregon State with right. the, they're just right. finishing right now. Uh, so those are great places to to work out of, and to me, that's that's almost as as important. Again, you you know, Washington because they've had really good teams and great support. Uh, same thing at USC. Uh, that that makes the atmosphere more exciting for you know my job, right? Um, but again, then there's there's tough places to work out of too. Oregon, uh, I think we're on the ten yard line, so your perspective of the field is really difficult to deal with. Love the atmosphere at Otson Stadium, but it's a tough place to work out of. And uh, UCLA, uh, 
the the Rose Bowl, you're a long ways from the field. That's number one. Uh, we're we're at a good yard line spot, but uh, the booth is very confining. Right. Uh, Utah is probably the worst. Uh, Utah years ago they took the visiting radio and put us in somebody's office. <laughs> Did they and, really? Yeah, we have to go in, and I I, I don't I don't know her name. I think she, it's the same woman that's been there for years, and we moved the pictures of her kids out of the way. And right. uh, and then we've got a little tiny booth to work out of, and uh, the windows don't open, so if it rains, you've got water running down in front of you, and you're trying to see the field. So sorry, Utah, but you know, that's, that's a challenge for us. So, again, I'm being selfish there. Yeah, they fill the stadium and everything, but it makes our job a lot tougher. All right, Brian, last one right here. Besides Washington State, where is your favorite baseball venue to broadcast from in the Pac-12? <laughs> Besides Washington State. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd include that at the top of the list. Well, High Corbett's great. I mean, For sure. For sure. You know, the best. Um, you know, Oregon's ballpark is nice to, to work out of. Uh, Washington redid theirs. They, they did a nice job there. Uh, Utah plays in a minor league ballpark. Mm. Uh, it's way too big for their program, and I know they've got plans down the road to build an on-campus uh, park, which they desperately need. But it's a great place to work out of because it was it was built for minor league baseball, like High Corbett was. So, uh, right. you know, those are those are the best. All right, Brian. Before we sign off here, though, I got to tell you about Factor Meal Kits, a new sponsor right here. Now, you might say, Mike, Factor Meal Kits, what can that do for you? Now, I was late to Factor Meal Kits because I'm only 5'9", but if I was on Factor Meal Kits when I was er younger, probably would have gotten protein. I might not have been as tall as Brian Jeffries. Brian, how tall are you, by the way? 6'4"? Six, 6'4 four? Six, four and a half. All right. If I stand up straight. All right. And uh, what is Brody, 6'7"? Yeah, closer to 6'8". He, he doesn't. He, he'll, call, he'll call it 6'7". Why does, by the way, real quick, why does he say he's 6'7"? Most most people lie about their height in the other way, not down. Why does Brody, Brody do this? I, I, you have to ask him that. I don't know. I will ask him that. I'm going to text him this when I get off the uh, when I get off here. But head to factormeals.com and put in PHNX Wildcats 50 and use, again, PHNX Wildcats 50 to get 50% off. That's PHNX Wildcats 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Brian, they're really good. They come for you already pre-packed and they are good all kinds of good stuff right there brian i would recommend factor meal kits right there even for somebody like myself where it's probably already past due Nah, eh, you never know mike you never know when you see me and i'm six four by next year <laughs> you're gonna say to yourself man these factor meal kits work that's no. where we're at right now it's not going to change your height mike but you know this is where it's true you know. that's what we're trying to get but okay. all right, Brian, as always, though, on a serious note, really appreciate your time, my guy. Uh, welcome back. And uh, I will be bothering you up in the booth. Hey, we're uh, we're always open for business. Drop on by. Uh, you should bring a burger for Lamont as well. Because... I, you know what? They're two for eight dollars. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go okay. four for 16. All right. Well, if you bring food and Lamont's not included, um, that would make life for me, very difficult. So. Well, it's a lot easier to not having Julio there because Julio would have taken him at the door, <laughs> though. So that's going to be a lot easier. But <laughs> All right, Brian. On that note, we'll talk to you soon, my guy. Um, Thanks, guys. The great Thanks, Brian Jeffries. I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.